your caddy, presented by Lincoln Dollar. Here's your hosts, Archie, Lee, and Joey Lenz. What's up, guys? Chief here solo today. This is going to be uh, some field we're dealing with for the Bermuda Butterfield Masterpiece Classic, whatever they're calling it these days. Um, glad to be here. Going to be a rather quick show because, as we've seen, these fall swing events can get a little hairy, uh, especially towards the top of the board. So it's kind of an entire field of sicko specials. Similar to last week, we saw Hideki take it down at the Zozo. No shock there. Shout out to Romeo. The caddy was on him, uh, as were a lot of people, but broke out the hammer on him. So good to see that come through. Uh, we had a couple Monday misprices lurking. Uh, Brandon Grace and Sebastian Munoz both had nice T10s as value plays there on DraftKings. So I'll give you a couple more that I like this week. Some that may go a little under-owned. There's a lot of wild names on here corn fairy guys some euro guys sprinkled in so we'll see if we can nail one or two here and um it's going to be a nice course out there uh, down in bermuda so it's a it's a beautiful track could get a little windy uh rained a lot today i think so it might be a little softer than normal we'll see if any of the bombers can take that uh to their advantage real quick just remember to check out blatantgolf.com we have a lot of cool merch on there we're adding more by the day Monday miss prices. That'll give you the best DraftKings value plays. I'll be tweeting that out at blatant underscore chief. My two co-hosts at blatant legs bets, Joey legs and at Liam blatant. They'll both be tweeting out stuff throughout the week, all sports fantasy, but focus would be on golf, especially me with the golf. And then at blatant golf is our general account. I'll be kind of keeping you guys updated with breaking news through there. Um, but my own insights will be, Blayton underscore chief, Twitter, Instagram. So give us a follow, like the podcast if you can. Quick five-star rating would really help on Apple and Spotify. It takes one second uh, and we would greatly appreciate it. So diving right into the board here. I'm just going to rip through these. I'll give you names that pop out to me and uh, we'll see what you guys think about it. Maddie Fitz coming off the win. Euro Tour 11,000. The Bez 10-7 underneath. Mighty Mito Pereira 10-5. Patrick, formerly Captain America, Reed, 10-4. Famous Seamus Power, 10-2. And then we drop into the nines. So just out of that top tier, uh, you know, for me personally, I love Famous Seamus, not just because of the nickname we gave him, but uh, he's really hitting the ball well last six months, especially into the summer. The Irishman loves playing in the wind, so we like it here. Decent form. Again, they've only played here twice. You know, Brian Gay won last year and Brendan Todd the year prior to that. So you've heard it all week, you know, Accuracy off the tee is paramount. Guys that can play in the wind, crucially important. So I'm looking for coastal guys that can putt well on Bermuda. Pretty simple right there. Uh, guy that really fits that narrative pretty well um, is Fitzy, but to a more of an extent, the Bez. I mean, this guy's become one of the top players in the world. Top 40 now, official world golf ranking. Coming off a fifth and a third, I think, his last two outings overseas. So, hasn't played here, but, I mean, with his short game and putting here, if he could just keep the ball somewhat in the fairway, even if he goes off the fairway a little bit, that's okay with his scrambling game. Top five, maybe in the world right now. Really like him, uh, maybe even a breakthrough here and just take it down, similar to how uh, his fellow compatriot Garrick Higo did a few months ago at Congaree on his uh, – Really kind of his initial breakthrough on the PGA Tour. He's not playing so well. He's down the board a little bit. But, uh, you know, Mito's going to be the most popular out of these top guys, I would imagine. 
and like him for good cause due to his ball striking of late. But, um, you know, in general, I'm going to probably be very light this week on DraftKings. Don't even really have a necessary hammer. We'll, we could do a video tomorrow and just get one or two guys I like. Maybe we'll do that. But uh, for today, you know, I like Sheamus and I like the Bez at the top. Going down a little bit under that, we got Hayden Buckley, Chad Ramey, Matias, Danny Boy, Willie, Danny Boy. Uh, and Hadwin right there. Who else we got above nine? Pendrith, P. Raj, and we got Dietrich, Tigala, and Guido. I don't really like any of these guys here. Guido gets some ownership because he's very talented. I don't know that this course suits him too well, though. You know, some of these other guys, they're just not they're not really doing it for me, honestly. Ramey a little bit just based on the Corn Ferry Torm. Same with Hadwin. His game fits here. I do prefer Hadwin on POA generally, but... We've seen him have some success in Bermuda. I think out there in Amex was in Bermuda. So he's a good putter, you know, accurate player. So kind of like him, but not really enthused with any of these guys up top to be completely transparent with you. He's dropping down a little bit. Scotty Stallings at 8-6. Nice little play. You know, he pops now and again. Um, he's played well at some of the correlated courses here. But under him, uh, is probably my favorite play of the week. A guy we used to always break his chops for different reasons, but we've always always giving him respect for his flat stick and that's Danny boy McCarthy at 8,500. He's very due for a win. We saw him lurk at Sanderson through, uh, I guess it was 54 holes. He was T2. He's very due for a win. This is probably the easiest field he's going to get. He's the best putter on Bermuda. I think, uh, you know, at, at the very least a top five over the last three to four years. So we just love Danny. We love Danny on Bermuda, you know, short course, everything kind of fits for me this week. So, Maybe Denny will finally get that elusive W. And right under him, I told you before, I don't really like Higo this week. And I would be on Bramlett. He plays well, surprisingly, at some easy coastal courses. But um, just not in the best of form right now. Kind of all over the place. Just cannot putt. Uh, and same thing with Ryan Armour. You know, he has an amazing track record here. May want to just have a little exposure because of that. But not playing well. And, you know, we've seen guys come out of the blue and win here. Because it is, it, you know, it's... It's somewhat of a resort setup. It's, you know, it could be pretty easy if there's no wind. Um, but if there's wind, I'll tell you what, the guy that's shown that he can play all over the Midwest this summer with the Corn Ferry success, and I think he ended up being number one at the end, is Steven Yeager at 8,400. Really interesting guy here. Um, you know, kind of up and down of late, but has showed that he can hang with the guys on the PGA Tour. He's been back and forth between there and Corn Ferry. Uh, so I like Steven Yeager a little bit. Him and Denny, you pair those two together. It's a pretty solid start for your lineup, especially because this top tier is not really speaking to me too much this week. And going down the board a little bit, now we're almost into the 7K range, the uh, the Monday misprice range and below. But, you know, David Lipsky is at 8,000 even. He's interesting. He just came in fourth at um, Valderrama, which is one of the hardest courses on the Euro Tour. So that's interesting to me a little bit. I don't know if I'll get there. Nick Hardy, too, on him a little bit earlier in the week, a uh, day or two into it. I don't know. I know Tom Jacobs was on him. I, I can see the upside to him, but just kind of having a little trouble breaking through and putting it all together. So same thing with Hubbard right there. I don't know, but I'll be on Nick Watney for sure at 7,800. Nice story. Good guy. Looked like maybe he was heading towards the Champions Tour or another profession for a couple of years, but he found something this year working back, I think, with Uncle Butchie out there in Vegas. So he played pretty well. Runner-up at Sanderson Farms on Bermuda, you know, three for three, made cuts this fall, and he's played pretty well on coastal tracks too. So uh, Nick Watney is going to be a pretty strong play for me. 
after that, you know, Russell Knox is going to be popular, but I've seen this story play out many times over the years, and I don't know that it's going to end well. So, you know, light sprinkle, maybe even a pepper if you're feeling daring, uh, but it could end uh, – it could end in a horror show on this Halloween weekend. Actually, Halloween is going to be Sunday, so that should be pretty interesting. We could see some horror shows if the uh, if the wind picks up. Anyway, we got uh, going down. I mean, not in love with a lot of these guys. A few names I'll pop out here in the mid-sevens. Austin Eckroat, um, was looking into him last night pretty heavily. He's got Midwestern ties, plays well on coastal tracks, was 12th at Mayacobo, which is at the El Camillon course in Mexico, probably the closest correlated course to this course. Um, of course, we like him, 7,500. Hammer and Hank Leviota also looked into him. Again, spotty form, but I'm looking at where a course could correlate to him more than just form coming in. Um, we've seen guys, again, I mentioned it before, not being the greatest form coming in. So I still want to have a little exposure to Hank because it just fits with his game. I think he shot 63 here once before. Um, just short player, accurate off the tee, phenomenal putter, good on Bermuda. That's kind of the mold we're looking for this week. So I like him probably over some of the other guys here. The Wild Malnati was first-round leader here last year. But that being said, just not in good enough form. Uh, Kiradash would love to do it. Probably can't pull the trigger. Nick Taylor, a lot of people are on, again, the pebble correlation. Um, but, again, just because it's a short coastal, you know, it's a very different putting surface. He loves putting on POA. Um, you know, not bad on Bermuda, but I don't know. Maybe a light sprinkle on Nick Taylor. Grayson Sig could be time. I've been told you I've had my eye on this guy for a few months now. I, I can't wait to pepper him at the RSM in a couple of weeks. Um, but for right now, I don't know him and Neesmith, two guys that keep your eye on for the rest of this fall swing, but I don't know about, I don't know quite yet if I'm ready, uh, for those guys. So Aaron Rye, the double glove bandit could be good. If the weather picks up, we got a nor'easter today on Long Island coming through, um, pretty gnarly out, but always like to have that double layer of, uh, nylon and <laughs> leather working on the old, uh, the old shaft. So we'll see about Aaron Rye this week. Brandon Hagee was a guy I looked at. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We saw him lurk at the Honda, a couple other places earlier this year in Florida. So maybe if it gets windy, used to that southern Bermuda climate, but just not really in great form. Again, similar to Hardy, you know, lurks a little bit. Um, but kind of has had a problem breaking through that T20 range. And, you know, listen, for this price, we might be okay with that. But I don't know. I'm looking for guys with a bit higher upside, whether that be Harry Hall, the Englishman. Uh, you know, just just missed that one a couple weeks ago. Really should have looked more into his career at UNLV. But a solid player. Definitely could lurk. I don't know, though, about Coastal Bermuda for him. Uh, who I do know about that is Uncle Graham McDowell, 7,200. Playing a little better and has played amazing here and at Mayakoba in the past form irregardless coming in. So 7,200 for Graham, won the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. I just mentioned I don't love that correlation because of the, the extremely different green complexes that we're going to see here, but he's had success here and at Mayakoba in the past, and he's playing a little bit better. So uh, Graham McDowell I like. And then let's talk about Lee Hodges for a second. This guy, I, I was – up scrolling late last night through the PGA Tour page uh, and just stumbled along him again, looking for guys that maybe you're not going to be so jumping out to you in terms of 
knowability, if that's a word, I don't know. Uh, but he's a Roll Tide, University of Alabama guy. Pretty solid player from what I can see here. So we know that he's used to Southern Bermuda Greens. That's a check. Had a sneaky little T27 at the Shriners a couple of weeks back at a course that I wouldn't even think fits him. And was also T45 at Sanderson Farms, which I do think correlates here pretty well. So he's trending upwards, 45th and 27th. He did miss the cutoff for it, but that was over a month ago now. Um, so again, looking for a guy that's probably going to be sub 5% owned. Honestly, didn't even know much about this guy. Uh, but why not? Why not? Just just look at this. He had he had an 18 foot, he had five straight birdies at Shriners, which was easy, no doubt. But still, just a guy that's coming in a little hot under the radar. Um, that could be a sneaky play for us this week. I think he's going to be pretty low owned. Going down from there, I can't do SEP. I, you know, I can't can't do it. The Austrian Bulldog, we love him, but just didn't show up in Japan for me. David Hearn and Brian Gay right there. And Lahiri, really. These three guys love this place. Um, probably not going to do go with Gay again. I saw his flight got delayed or something. Um, but David Hearn, you know, again, not in good form, but it doesn't seem to really matter with this course. Uh, guys that play well here usually play well. And he's one of the top guys. You know, he's got two T8s here, I think. Him and Armour, the two guys that have worked both times here. So maybe light sprinkle on David Hearn. And then going down, you know, some people are going to be on Bohog. Love him uh, in prior weeks. Again, just the form is, you know, it's okay if they're coming in okay for him. But crap form, I can't do it. Same thing with Svensson. You know, I was on him over the summer a little bit. Saw some people on him. Uh, Canadian based out of West Palm. So, Familiar with the windy southern climate, but I, I don't know. Seth Reeves, another guy, was was just about to pull the trigger a few weeks back. Didn't do it. Of course, he lurked. Um, pretty good on Bermuda, but not digging it too much. There are a couple more names, though, down here that do stick out to me. Uh, another one of Romeo the Caddy's boys here, 6,900. Austin the Cookie Monster. Um, playing a little better. He's got two 11s here in his last four starts uh, in general, but he's played good uh, you know, on these type of courses. So I won the RSM a few years ago. Hasn't played here yet, but his game should fit. We saw Sir Ben was on him, so I always like that. Um, in general, good player on Bermuda. Uh, just a really good putter. Again, accurate guys off the tee. Putters do not have to be the longest here. It's only 6,800 yards. So Austin Cook is a nice little play right there. Um, Dad, we just got to give him a shout just because, you know, Uncle Vaughn Taylor, again, the pebble thing, that link, I don't know how tight I'm going with that this week, but does kind of fit this place. Um, I like Camillo, it's 6,800. Um, you know, we've seen him lurk at a bunch of coastal tracks, uh, you know, whether it be in the DR, Mayakoba, uh, Florida Honda Classic, obviously, years ago. He's had up and down, you know, obviously has dealt with some serious family issues with his daughter. You know, our hearts are with him for that. Um, but it seems like he's had a little resurgence of late, and I'm hoping he can put a solid end to the year together at 6,800. Again, a low-owned option. I heard Kenny Kim was on this morning. I always like to be aligned with him, the fellow D-Gen. So 6,800 for Camillo. I just short coastal Bermuda, kind of three check marks for me, like him at 6,800. And then after that, I don't know, uh, Kiriyama, I know Sir Ben was on him as well. I don't know if that's doing it for me. I, I, he's on him often being from Euro Tour. Uh, another Euro guy, you know, an old stalwart of the tour, uh, Uncle Luke Donald, 6,700. Maybe I'm losing my mind here at this point, but 
a lot of things check off with him. He's playing better. He says he feels better about his game now. Went through another rough stretch, as some of these guys do for a couple of years. Um, correlated to a lot of courses, uh, you know, similar. Again, coastal, short. Uh, saw someone say that it was like Harbor Town without the trees. I like that comparison. So if that's the case, we know his, uh, his affinity for old Harbor Town. He was also lurking here last year pretty early on and then faded back on the weekend. So I like looking at guys that maybe have one or two bad rounds um, but had flashes of brilliance at courses like this because that's all you can ask for with some of these guys. I mean, you can't expect them to come in with a field like this to all be in good form. It's not going to happen. Uh, and you just kind of kind of pick your choosing way around this. I, I don't know really who I would say my strongest play is. Up top, it would probably be the Bez and famous Sheamus. Middle of the board, Nick Watney, Austin Eckrode, uh, Denny is obviously probably the top play, mid-upper tier for me. And then going down a little bit again, I like Lee Hodges as a little sneaky pivot play. Uh, even with Uncle Graham McDowell, you put them together. You know, I like to put guys back and forth together, back to back rather. <laughs> DraftKings completely illogical, but to me, it's logical that if you're doing a hand build, you usually kind of try to space your way out throughout the pricing. So you stack a couple guys together, whether that be those two or even Denny and uh, Jaeger bombs, like I mentioned before, could be a nice way to differentiate. Excuse me, differentiate your lineups a little bit. Um, listen, I don't have I don't have too much else to you guys. Be careful this week. Enjoy Halloween. Have fun with the kids. I would not go overboard on this tournament. Um, there's just way too many variables, the weather, the, the lack of strength in the field. I mean, I think it'll be fun to watch. I, I think the PGA Tour has got to do something. What about their coverage? You know, I was tweeting about it all weekends overseas. And I understand there's extenuating circumstances with the networks and other things. But, you know, you have a hungry audience of younger millennials that love the game and love to follow the game and play fantasy. And, you know, they shouldn't have to pay 70 bucks extra a year. For a lot of people, that's tough. You know, it doesn't seem like it, but it is for a lot of people um, for that PGA Tour Live, which is good. But, you know, I don't know why we're watching reruns of old golf movies and documentaries, which are great to put on in the middle of the night, but not when there's a tournament being played. I mean, their coverage would have been through the roof. Everyone was talking about it. Um, so hopefully Golf Channel saw it and can do something about that because we want to watch this game. We love these guys. And to put it up against, you know, I saw Rick Gaiman, had a great idea, and other people too, you know, in the fall. Why why are we competing with NFL? You know, even me, as D-Gen as there is with golf, and love this game, you know, I don't care about it on Sunday afternoon, unless it's the, you know, unless it's a major or, or a, uh, you know, FedEx playoff event. I'm not going to really be watching Bermuda on Sunday unless I have a lineup in the top 10 that, that's lurking. I mean, I'm just not going to watch it. I mean, we got football from one to four. Witching hour with Uncle Scotty Hansen in the red zone by Giants. You know, they had a nice win this week. That was nice, finally, after a few heartbreaking losses. Um, I just think they could should consider doing the Saturday finish to go Wednesday to Saturday in the fall. What's the downside? So you're going to go up against college football? Okay, that's fine. Everyone's going to watch their team, maybe watch some SEC teams in Bama, but nowhere near the competition that they're going to face Sunday afternoon going up against the granddaddy in the NFL. So. That's my two cents on that. Um, got a few more events left this fall, and then take a little break in December, and then we'll be right back for the Sony, uh, Sony and the I guess it's the Century Tournament Champions at Kapalua. 
usually how the season starts there in early January. So can't wait to get to that, but a few more weeks left. Try to end this year on a high note. Maybe get that one special lineup we've been waiting for. And the only way to do that is doing as great Uncle Harvey taught us to take dead aim, BOL. Happy Halloween, you degenerate ghouls, and enjoy the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Adios.